This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rackham Cell. And I'm Tiffany. Yeah, we're working out this microphone thing. Uh, it's great when you're solo, but yeah. not so much when you're a co-host. I'll just shout! Perfect. Um, yeah, uh, what, what they suggest actually is that you get two microphones and they face away from each other, not sharing one. Yeah. Why? Why? Who wants to share? Right. Nobody. That's right. That's right. Only children. I'm looking at you. Yes. <laughs> I'm not one of them. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So welcome to this show. This is where we talk about comics in the past week, recap them, reviewed them. Let me know. Let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations of books that are coming out this week. We think you should pick up. Also, uh, this show is live normally. If you're catching it after the fact, welcome to the pre-recorded show but if you're catching it live right now guess what you are an inadvertent sponsor of today's episode all you got to do to sponsor the show is use the super chats and make a question or comment we'll read it here on the show proceeds go into the machine that is comic pop and we'll continue to make shows for you and uh we don't even need that audible sandman sponsorship screw you audible what <laughs> uh, um we didn't get the audible sponsorship unlike many of our uh, compatriots so oh. to speak uh part of that was because the last time we got an Audible sponsorship was through uh, an MCN. Yeah. And when we ditched all of them, we ditched all of the people through which those companies uh, reach out. So we didn't get the Amazon sponsorship. What do you think of that? No, that, that, that's cool. I mean, who here even likes Sandman? Right? I know you do. No, we're Oh yeah, no, nobody. Just read it. Don't have don't have Neil Gaiman's womany voice read it to you. What? <laughs> That'd be weird. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into it. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about a bunch of books. This is not the week, like the week that everybody's well, looking this for. Is, this is like one of those last. Like, is it a fifth week? I haven't been paying attention. Uh, July has thirty-one days. It is the end of July, so yeah. Like, yeah, I guess so. Which is like funny because it's like that's usually when Plunge comes out, and it did. Yeah. By the way, it's good. I'm not going to talk about it because it's the second to last issue. Why would I ruin it? Right. Not now, but you would recommend it. I would. That's I fair. still do. Nice. Worms. It's <laughs> my one word review. That's fair. Um,. <laughs> I read uh, I read a number of books as did you. Uh, I guess we'll jump into them. Um, did I? I like this. I feel like I feel like I'm on like double dare. Physical challenge. You have to dare and double dare to get to the physical challenge. Physical challenge. Fine. Push. Yay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I read that weekly series that uh, that everybody enjoys. Deceased hope at world's end. Uh, it's, of course, written by Tom Taylor, as is every single deceased title, uh, with this time art by Renato Guedes. Um, this is fine. This is the only issue where I was like, no, I don't really care anymore. Um, oh. I'll pick up the next one because it's more interesting. But this one was like it more focused on ancillary characters. I mean, obviously, all of them have to at this point. But like, you know, it was just it was just more prep. It was, you know, people are trapped in a situation that they can't escape, so they need to do what they can to escape from it. Right. They don't because it's deceased, you know. But we get to see Wonder Woman be heroic, which you don't really get to see much in deceased. And now, of course, at deceased two, 
whatever the hell that one's called, uh, the actual official sequel to DC. Yeah. She is a straight up antagonist because, of course, they didn't dispatch her in the last DC series. Right. So, you know. Yes. Right. I'll get used to this. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully I'll fix it before you have to. I'm is leaning. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good. It's good. It's it, no one acted out of character, or at least as far as I would be aware. Okay. Um, and the art is fine. It's not. It was. It wasn't like really awesome, but it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of like here's a cool story, and or, or here's the rest of the story, and it's like okay, you know, it, it was uh, it was worth the price of admission though, because the price is significantly low. So no complaints here. Okay. It was just kind of that's, like that's one of the digital ones, right? Yep. Where it's like ninety nine cents. Yes. Hope yeah. at World's End. This is out of the two uh, digital exclusive series that I would be expected to purchase. I this was the one I did. Nice. I dropped the Batman one. I can't even anymore. Just, was that was that the Gotham Knights? No, that was the those the Gotham Knights was the like dc covid here's something else kind oh, of exclusive I, I just, digital I just, title i saw that title and it made me think of comic pop nights i don't know what that is but uh yeah so it's a fever dream but um yeah what was i gonna say about that oh just that uh there's a batman adventures comic that's set in the same universe hey and uh <laughs> as the animated series and i was okay. like uh, oh yeah yeah the art's real yes. bad yeah yeah oh so, pass okay uh, but you know so that's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, Tim M in the super chats helping us out. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and yeah, so I recommend it. I guess DC's Hope at World's End. It's at issue six. Again, to jump in, it would cost you six dollars because it's one dollar an issue. Oh, okay. And I'm sure it's probably cheaper than it will be when it's available in trade. Oh, okay. So yeah, check it out. It's neat. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. No. Right on. That's uh, cool. I also read okay. Amazing Spider-Man number 45, okay. uh, which is part of the Sins Rising story arc. I legit, like, like looking at that quickly, thought it said Sing Rising. Sing Rising. Because sometimes a capital S can make you think of a G, like, you know. Mm-hmm. It can, all right? Don't give me that. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was uh, written, of course, by Nick Spencer with art by Mark Bagley. Ooh! And for some reason, this felt really special. Because it, and I think it had everything to do with the fact that Mark Bagley doesn't normally draw your regularly scheduled 616 main continuity Spider-Man Can anymore. Can that be a title? Your regularly scheduled Spider-Man? I like that. I'm, I, I'm down. <laughs> you got at least one purchase. Uh, but he has done, you know, he did Life Story. He's done Ultimate Spider-Man. And of course, in the 90s, he drew Spider Amazing Spider-Man regularly. Right. Uh, and he hasn't missed a step. This issue looked really great and there were shades of current Bagley the the Bagley that you come to to understand and expect at this point mm -hmm. where he's like he learned from his past self he's trying to reinvent himself and then there's a couple of moments where it's like it's like classic Spider-Man Bagley but not in that way that you're thinking of where you're like oh you know I see why you would have liked that back then but nowadays you know we our sensibilities have altered um I'm thinking specifically of this dynamic pose of Spider-Man running along a rooftop. Yeah. It looks so classic Bagley. I was like, this is really cool. Like, it was exactly what I wanted. It scratched my itch. Yeah, no, he does a really good, like, lanky Spider-Man yes. without making him too lanky, where he doesn't have, like, the musculature that you would imagine he might have. Exactly. Like, it, it's just a good balance, but, like, he definitely, like, it's a slim form when Bagley draws him, and he just, yeah. he does it well. He does it, he does it very well. And I, I really, that moment I was like, oh. Wow, he's still doing Spider-Man. The story itself was actually kind of funny because, like, Spencer has been doing a lot of house cleaning with Spider-Man, 
Um, mm. If you are uh, reading Spider-Man regularly, you're probably like, who the hell's Kindred? What's that all about? Well, shut up, because Spencer doesn't care about you. He just wants to get you to keep buying more Spider-Man books. Right. Uh, but this story in particular uh, paid off the implication that the Sin Eater, a.k.a. Stanley Carter, a uh, former disgraced detective of the New York Police Department, murderer of Gene DeWolf, uh, is back right. and now he's got magic powers or whatever and indeed he does and he's you know uh, and, and he's part of this he's he's part of the kindred plot mm. you know bringing back someone from spider-man's past that no one dared bring back mostly because probably the modern comic book writers for spider-man didn't remember the sin eater in any way outside of him being a casualty of the eddie brock origin of venom that being said, uh, it was cool. Uh, this issue was fun, and it was like, Spencer's kind of doing this interesting thing where he's like bringing back classic Spider-Man stuff and throwing away all the stuff from like big time, not ba brand new day. Okay. Uh, so for example, Overdrive was a character that was an, a, a creation of the brand new day era where they were like, we're not using Spider-Man villain or character. Yeah, no, no Spider-Man villains for a while. Like only create new ones. Right. Which is where you get such classics as Menace, or Overdrive, a character who can turn any car into a hot-rodding, fast car. Neat. Like, who gives a shit? Who asked for that? Nobody, that's who. But uh, Overdrive's in this, and he's being dogged by the Sin Eater. And it's, like, funny, because it's Sin Eater's, like, a character that only existed for a few issues in Spectacular Spider-Man, mm -hmm. then died, and then never was used again, except as a, again, like, as a, as a plot point MacGuffin-type character in the, in the Venom origin. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, yeah, we're going to bring him back. And he just kills Overdrive. Okay. They're like, this is great. We have these characters that nobody cares about and we can make we can them, kill them utterly disposable. Carly Cooper's in this and she's oh, utterly, wow. she's utterly disposable too, but like she's back. And it's like, because she is one of the contenders that could be kindred. Right. Um, and they, so they remind you about her origins, where she comes from, who she is, that she was a goblin person. I completely forgot about her. Yeah, because she's an utterly forgettable character. She's not, you she, know. No, she is. She's, she is utterly forgettable. Out of the, like, main Spider-Man heartthrobs, you might remember Deb Whitman more than Carly Cooper, because at least Deb Whitman was in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> but, like, no, it's, it's Black Cat, it's Mary Jane. You know, and then insert your favorite. It's Aunt May. Aunt May is his heartthrob. Of course, is a number no, she, one gal. She's a heartthrob. Ah. <laughs> she gets around. She does. Surprisingly enough. Of course, I wouldn't advise dating Aunt May because you'll probably die. Right. R.I.P. Nathan Lebensky, uh, J. Jonah Jameson Sr., and uh, they, Uncle Ben. They should do a one-shot where she goes to, like, Florida or something and has, like, a Golden Girls-esque adventure down there. You know, if Amazing Mary Jane is any indication, we should get, like, a spectacular Aunt May book. Why not? Who cares? You know, Nobody will read this. If you don't kill Aunt May, but you yeah. want to get her off the table, do that. They did that, actually, in the old Spider-Man books. She rented her, because she had lived in this big house, but nobody lived there. Yeah. So she rented out the rooms to, like, old people who didn't have homes or didn't have families to live with. Right. And she, and they were able-bodied. It wasn't, like, an assisted living facility. They just had, like, old borders. Yeah. And so they were characters. And I think Nathan Lemensky actually comes from that period Time of, yeah. of Spider-Man. But I, I love that story. And you could do that again. You could do that. You could totally do that. Screw it. Just do, just don't even move her to to, to Florida. Just move her you know, back into Forest Hills and give her give her a cast of characters of sassy old ladies. Yeah. That's, Why not? You know? 
right? There you go, Marvel. That one's for free. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. I dare you. The, the art made me <laughs> a lot more okay with this issue than I would have been. Right. Uh, but that being said, it was, you know, Spider-Man was in character. I'm a little intrigued about the Sin Eater and, his, and the nature of his powers. Uh, for example, he, like, shoots at Spider-Man, and I thought he, like, made contact when he shot him, but Spider-Man wasn't affected. Right. Yeah, he was. He was shot, and he was not affected, but, like, Overdrive was. So the implication here is, like, if you haven't dealt with your sins, the Sin Eater will, like, kill you with his magic sin-eating shotgun. Right. And then take on your sins and make himself stronger or something. Okay. Who cares? Like, that's, you know, that's whatever. But it was a, you know, but but the nature of his power is like, oh, Spider-Man, like, is not without sin, but maybe it's because he's such a, like, head case about responsibility that he doesn't, like, he he, he works through them every he's single day. With it, yeah. Exactly. And I was like, that's a neat idea. Yeah. Explore that some more. So, good good issue. Amazing Spider-Man number 45 or nice. whatever. Uh, check it out. Also, just, I like, I really liked seeing Bagley's art. I was actually sad to see that Bagley didn't do the cover for this. Uh, because the the cover implies a different era of Spider-Man altogether. This feels like a 90s Spider-Man book. Really? Like Spider-Man Tangled Web or something. Like, just on the end of the 90s that, that into the 2000s. Like a real pulp feel It does. To it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Like more like a novel yeah, than yeah. a comic. You should see the, uh, like, when they were when when they were trying everything. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all Mike Waringo and, 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 and Bagley. It was... It was stuff like this. Yeah. But neat stuff. No complaints. All right. Uh, but yeah, good issue. Cool. Uh, Ill Morn says, I dreamt of both of you last night. Not creepily. I don't think there's any way for it not to be, but I do appreciate it anyway. Thank you, Ill Morn. I do the same thing, though. When I'm, like, if I watch a lot of YouTube, I will dream that I'm in the show, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I dream about games. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. No, you, you have no idea how many times I've been on Smodcast. Uh, I <laughs> I mean, you know what it is? I'm never in the game. No? No, I'm You're just, just, playing, I'm just it? playing it. I'm like, what is it? This sucks. I, I'm not even earning any XP. <laughs> this is just stressful, and I'm not in... I'm not, yeah, forget it. Yeah. Uh, Weeby and Geeky says, who do you think is kin uh, Kindred is? One more day. Peter Parker. Gwen Stacy's my guess. Um, I've said this a number of times, and I'm actually saving it for an Elseworlds exchange, but my theory, and I'm saying it only because I don't want someone to, like, have taken it from, like, six months ago and pretend like they had it the whole time, right. was, uh, it's, I think it's Harry Osborn's soul. What? Like, I think that when they resurrected Harry Osborn, yeah. you know, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, he never really died, or, you know, whatever, goblin formula. I'm like, no, he died. And they cloned him. Okay. And so the Harry that's been running around, the one that was in like American Sun and the one that was in New Ways to Die, all of it has been a clone Harry that's just been kind of dicking around. That way, like the the, the Harry Osborn kid he has that isn't Normie, uh, his whole relationship, all that stuff, like that could all go away because it's a clone and who cares? Okay. You can either kill them, have him degenerate, throw it all away, have him live happily ever after, either way, but like Kindred is the real Harry Osborn. The only reason why I think that is because Spencer's been doing a lot of, like, fixing, cleaning house of particularly Demetrius's work. Mm -hmm. You know, he, like, fixed Craven, so to speak. Right. Uh, and, and made a lot of that other stuff go away. Right. And he keeps referring to other things. Um, per, of course, kindred also means, like, family, brother, that kind of thing. So, right. Uh, I, I, but I think that that's another fix because, of course, uh, Demetrius killed Harry Osborn in the now famous Spectacular Spider-Man number 200. 
And uh, it's too good an issue to have ruined by bringing it back for no reason in one more day. Will you also in your Elseworlds be doing the worst pitch for it? I mean, I could. I got one. Okay. It's Uncle Ben. Mm. <laughs> that would be the worst one. I know. Yeah. They, they did That's that. why it doesn't work yeah. on him. They, they even dangled it in Clone Conspiracy, but even, even Dan Slott yeah. wouldn't do it. No, I know. But I, yeah, <laughs> Uncle Ben would be the worst just one. Just the worst one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that, that, that's our theories. Okay. Um, that's not my theory. No. That was my worst that one. That was your worst theory. Worst one. Uh, Dan V900 says, I do find it a bit funny that Injustice Year Zero leaked. DC and Taylor have to pretend it didn't for marketing purposes with it deb- debuting tomorrow. Yeah, that happens. There was a whole Venom issue that came out a month early, digitally, like last night. Uh, and then they were like, oops, and they took it away. But like, of course, the internet being what it is, it's out there. Uh, um, all it does is bring back another character. You know, it's, it's just a story. It's just a little chapter in the, in the ongoing Venom saga. But like, these things happen. Um, yeah. And Taylor's got to play ball because Taylor wants what DC has. Taylor's not, despite the fact that Taylor like wrote deceased and has created a major cash cow for both of them. Uh, he still has to play ball and he still has to like, cause like if it were Snyder and it got leaked, be like, yeah, like, and then he'd just tell you what happened. Right. But uh, Taylor is still kind of like, he's still new despite him being like a mainstay and like, you know, kicking ass when it comes to his writing. So no complaints. Uh, He'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, and, and bless the, the book comes out like tomorrow. So, yeah. uh, what else did you, what did you read this oh, week? That's a, that's a great question. And that's going to be answered right now. I read, let's talk about Hellblazer real quick. Hellblazer. Um, this concluded the story, um, that oh, no. we talked about last time with the mermaid. Yes. Siren lady. Yeah. Everybody remember that? Yeah. Everyone remember that? Um, it's written by Simon Spurrier with art by, I want to say Aaron Campbell. Mm hmm. I'm going to try to swipe my way over here to the end page. Yeah. Um, This book for me was, it was great, first of all, but like, it was a really great example of like Spurrier getting Constantine to some degree. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure people who who are really well versed in the old, like, you know, volumes and different writers there, don't forget, like, there have been so many different, like, writers for john yeah for hellblazer yeah over Um, the last like 30 years yeah 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 yeah. but this john in this story is in a position where like he messed up in a way without like you know how typically it's like you see john in a position when he's in the team book where he denies wanting to help out and then inevitably comes around this was he's trying to solve the mystery of the flat capped guy who's like messing up everything and like affecting people influencing folk and he thought he was influencing the guy who was with the mermaid. Mm-hmm. And he explains all this. And he's just like, so I like watched him for a little bit. But like I did all these like spells to like figure out whether or not like there was magic involved. And I didn't sense anything. And to be honest, I didn't even know you were here. So sorry. <laughs> like that's it's my bad. Yeah. Like I, I messed up. Like, but I didn't because I, I refused to take responsibility for Naturally, this. Naturally, yeah. Um, but basically this John is like, this guy is a wanker and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wreck him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I love that about John. Cause like John's a bastard, but he also won't allow anyone else to be <laughs> like one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, no, you suck. And right. that guy does suck. The fact is like, you know, he uses the, the shell to like make her think that like, she's in love with him and mm. like, it just constantly uses her. And like, she has false memories of what happened oh, no. and like blames other people for what happened. And he's like, that's not true. And she's pregnant and uh, like the whole thing. Yeah. So and John has reason to, John has reason to, but like, there's also his own guilt in there where he's just like, I had, I not see this. Oops. Right. 
So, like, at the end of the day, like, all is set right, but, like, in a way that only can happen in a Hellblazer book, where it's like, nobody's really happy at the end, (laughs) but, like, justice is served, and so, like, that to me is a great book. (laughs) Right, right, right. That should be enough, I guess. Yeah, and the art in this, obviously, is spectacular. Aaron Campbell is just, like, born to draw this world, this, like, grim, gritty horror story that, like also has these like elements of like mysticism supernatural and and such um i really really like this series like they're clearly like unraveling the mystery that was set at the beginning of this um but i love these little vignette stories as well where it's just like here's john solving something but also kind of progressing like what he's doing about this whole thing right um I thought it was excellent. Um, if you, you've always you've been I, a champion of this. I series. have been a the champ- first issue. I think left you in the cold, and then like literally after that, it you wasn't were like, the first issue. It was that hmm. first, not first issue, like the the same universe Hellblazer book. Hellblazer book, which it is, but there was like one where it was like setting up the fact that he'd been set back in time, and that Tim Hunter like ruins everything. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, this is just like, and I'm sure we're gonna have to deal with that. We're gonna come around to that at some point, but this book has just been John dealing with this overarching plot but like also dealing with like little things as he goes along but not in a like quantum leap or like you know <laughs> exiles kind of book where it's like oh we have to go i have to go do this it just it stumbles upon him he stumbles upon it like yeah. this time he actually was looking for something and still messed up mm-hmm. um i just like it if you want to check it out you can literally just pick up this issue and the one before that to kind of get a feeling as to what's going on because he does talk about what is happening in the main like storyline. Right, he contextualizes and, it. Um, so. Just to kind of get a feel to see if you like it. Yeah, cool. Um, even the, and even the issue before that was like kind of like a one-shot story, which is also very That's good. That's always great. Um, so again, if you like Hellblazer, you want like a grim, gritty peek into the DC universe, this is where you're going to get it, um, especially with that Vertigo. That's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah, with the with the absence of Vertigo... This is all you Well, get. it is a Black Label. So. Now, are you going to be picking up that Black Label series? I think it's by Tom Taylor. Which one? Wait. The, oh, I The Constantine you're... book. Oh. I don't remember who's doing it. No, I thought you were talking about something else that's coming out this no. week. No. Oh, is uh, it that crossover? No, something else. Oh, my I God. I didn't see a crossover. Oh, the, uh, the Sandman crossover with whatever the hell. The Hill House, I think. Oh, Hill House is the imprint. Yeah, I know. Oh, is it the one by G. Will Wilson? I don't know. Okay, anyway, moving on. We'll all right, well. We'll get to uh, that I... later. Yeah. So I read, uh, I, I forgot that this book existed and then subsequently picked it up because uh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. And uh, that's essentially my opinion of this series is like, oh, yeah, it's good. Like, it's it's cool. Um, this is, of course, uh, Batman Superman number 10, I believe. Uh, it is uh, written by Joshua Williamson, this time with art by Clayton Henry. Uh, the story is Batman and Superman fight the ultra humanite. Okay. that's the story uh and it dares to have a part two like i would ever care um but uh that being said what are some pros uh for this series or for this issue particularly number one the writing uh is is spot on the characters voices are very much in character mm-hmm. uh and it's fun to see batman and superman in like kind of like a professional relationship and it's not contextualizing everything nor is it trying to be its own thing and like pretend like nothing's happening it's just a day in the life like and that's what this book should feel like is it's not a momentous occasion mm. sometimes they're gonna fight the ultra humanite and who gives a shit you know but and, and it's not like there's interpersonal drama that needs to that takes a front seat to this but we're making it the ultra humanite because who cares mm-hmm. it's more about like batman and superman trying to solve the mystery of who killed the atomic skull of course it was ultra humanite and it, you know, there's a whole thing going on 
Um, the, the, the good is in the writing and in some of the art. The bad is in the depiction of Superman and Batman uh, out of their uh, respective... Well, uh, Batman out of his mask and Superman being like, oh, that's how you draw heads in this book. Uh, everyone has like kind of a really elongated head for no good reason. Every, no, the, the whole anatomy is actually kind of Stretched. elongated, especially in the arms, I noticed. Yes. Um, that's just, I guess that's just the style that they're going for. Right. I will say that the coloring makes me think of the uh, Superman animated series. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's a much lighter it's looking brighter, book. It's more hopeful. I've noticed that a lot. Like when they cross over Batman and Superman, they tend to color it more towards like a Superman palette. Yes. Than absolutely. Than Batman. Yeah. Because they're like, well, there's no shortage of Batman books. You're good. <laughs> like you want to read a Batman book with Superman and it just look, you know, just, just wait a minute. Right. Right. But uh, a, a, a Superman story. I mean, like the nature of their crossover, crossing over should be superman kind of leaning mm -hmm. because superman only has a couple of books sure uh, but yeah uh, i i thought that the the art was like just it was okay right you know everything else is great it was just the anatomy for batman and superman i was like everything's really long for no reason and i was like what is that uh that was the, that was there was no moment in it where i was like that looks awesome but there was a moment where i thought that looks weird you know um yeah. but when i think about it Everything else is fine. Ultra Humanite looks great. The the sets, everything like, you know, the backgrounds, the buildings, everyone else, all humans, mm -hmm. uh, the costumes, everything's fine. It's just, yeah. it's all fine. No, no major complaints. I was just kind of thrown off by how bizarre the, their, their particular anatomy was, particularly because like, that's the thing everyone draws. Like when they want to get into comics, it's like they nail their Batman. It's like, you can, right. you're getting Batman and Superman because of, because I saw your depiction of Batman. You know, and then it's like, okay, here you go. Here's Stretch Armstrong as Bruce Wayne. And it's, it's like, not what that is that? Bad. It's just, it's just, it's a little different. It is a little different, which, is, which is not always a bad thing. No, it's not. But like, it's like, it definitely, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's weird. It's like the torso region down right? to the like hip section. There's mm -hmm. something weird about the proportions there. Yeah. A little bit. But otherwise, I mean, like it is an utterly skippable I, issue. I guess I'd rather have them a little bit longer than like too short. That's true. They would look, like, yeah, if they were, too compressed. yeah, if they were Danny DeVito, I, I would have a problem. But like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it was, it was a good issue. I had a fun time reading it. Um, okay. You know, I don't know if it's worth the cover price, mm. but I think it was, uh, it, it was a fine story. Uh, that's more than I could say for Empire number three. Uh, which I don't know if you read. Oh my god, I didn't even know that came out. But yeah, Empire, yeah, and Empire Four comes out next week. Oh damn it, I didn't read it. Don't worry about it. It was super boring, and who cares? This I still, I still have to go back and read it. This is pretty much like it for me when it comes to Empire. It's going to be this issue. Uh, I'm going to be reading more of it, but I probably won't talk about it at length, and I'm okay. not going to be singing its praises like I was. I mean, uh, I, I feel like we were kind of like we, we were lukewarm in it as it is. Yeah. Uh, Al Ewing, Dan Slott. Uh, this particular script was written by Al Ewing with art by Valerio Schitti. And uh, who cares? Like, a lot of people were complaining about this series because they were like, whatever, right? Plant people? Come on. It feels a little cliche. And like, is this the kind of story we want right now? And I was kind of being like, yo, like, it's it's a it's a quintessential Marvel story. It's about space, characters, you know, yeah. everyone on the board. We're playing. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But... Uh, you know, when the issues are five, six dollars and when like very little happens and when even the character interactions aren't like exciting or, or, or worth a damn, like mm -hmm. Reed and Tony have this have this moment together. I think they spend two pages on it. And, uh, you know, Tony feels like an idiot because the, the, the plant thing, you know, he's like, I can't believe I fell for it. Right. And it's like and Reed's like, don't blame yourself. Two pages for that. 
That's all we get? No reference to the Illuminati, no reference to, you know, their time killing universes in the, you know, in the other Illuminati. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no context. And it's Al Ewing who knows this shit. Well, it could just be that Marvel's like, don't make it too deep divey because, like, maybe they're just trying to... Swordsman's in it. Okay. I know, but... They also tried to, like, get us, like, really hyped because they did a big two-page reveal of a new player on the board, and it's Mantis. That's that's not a surprise to me at all when they were, like, like, talking about, like, like, go home. Like, that's the person who was in the ship in the last issue. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know for sure it was going to be Mantis, but, like, there was not a doubt in my mind that Mantis wasn't going to show back up. She's she's Koi's mom. Yeah, she's going to be like, go to your room. Right. And so she does, she appears and she's like, it's Swordsman's fault. He, I didn't do this. It was Swordsman. He's the jerk. Well, I mean, you did go away. Right. No, I'm saying, <laughs> it's just like, what? Like, y- you guys are really leaning on the movie thing a little too hard. Not that, like, Mantis in any way looks like her version, although they did make her more Asian in this than they did ever before. But uh, she, you know, she she looks kind of like a new version of the comic book counterpart. You know, But, like, who cares? Like, what's she gonna do? You know, it's a, it's a, it's an Avengers Fantastic Four book. I appreciate you're bringing back Swordsman. You know, you're gonna kill him at the end. But like, you know, he's here. Mantis is here. I don't know. It's just there's not enough. Also, and then by the time you get to the end, you know, it turns out the the the, the female Cree uh, assistant to Ted mm-hmm. is actually a scroll in disguise, and she's like, yeah, and you're like. Who cares? Like, I, there's no, there's nothing about this that made me go like, oh, like these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. Should I should always be like, what? There's one good moment in it that I found like to be like, oh, that's satisfying in like a story driven kind of way. Uh, Black Panther wants to use the sword, the magic sword, the Teddy wields that like all the Kree and Skrulls are, you know, splooging over. Uh, they're trying to tell like, so they were like, we got to destroy the armada and crap. We got to, we got to, we got to power up Carol again. We're going to stab her again with the sword, but we're going to ratchet up to 11. And everyone in the in the ship is like, what? Like it, she died the last time we stabbed her. We're going to do it again. Also, yeah. like, didn't we literally just do that? And then Black Panther is like, listen, listen, if it works for Ryu in, you know, in Street Fighter. Yes. You just keep spamming the attack. That's man. right. That's you right. Spam it. Naturally. Uh, but, um. You know, Black Panther calls and he's like, I've got a plan and it involves the sword. And Teddy's like, done. So he sends the sword. As long as the sword is being used, I don't care. Exactly. I just want my sword to be used. Well, and like, you know, everyone's like, do you want to be a figurehead or not? Like all the the Kree and the Skrull are like, um, we didn't install you as a, like a puppet dictator to not be a puppet. But like, you're not doing anything. You know, you're just, you're just sitting here. And it's like, you're right about that. But also... Like, who's gonna listen to you? One of you is a scroll whose like entire in, like existence is yeah. Another one's a, a Cree, which is like a half-assed Spartan warrior. So like, why would I listen to either of you? You know, and and then and then it turns out like the Cree and the scroll are like conspiring against Teddy because like he's not being a much enough of a badass. And I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, at no point was I like, whoa, this is really dope. It was just like, who cares? <laughs> I was just not excited. You know what I mean? I was just like, eh. So, I, I do not recommend Empire Number Three. There's, we're halfway through, um, and each issue comes out like a, you know a week away. Right. So I'm going to be reading the series because I, I want to be informed and I want to be on top. Of it. But like, I doubt it's good. Like, not that I doubt it's going to be great. And, and uh, no, I have no care. 
You know what it is? Like, this should have been a popcorn story. Yes. Like, that's all it should have been. It should have just been something where it's just, like, big, silly moments where, like, if you think about it for too long, you're like, wait, what? Yep. But, like, Well, not even, like, or it's it's like, if you think about it for too long, you're like, wow, there's nothing to this. Yeah, and that's, like, that's what at least it should have been. Yes. This is, this is, like, setting up the cosmology of the Marvel Universe in the most, like, obvious, desperate, ham-fisted kind of way. Like, Mm. there's nothing about this that screams, like, intrigue or fun. It's, it's, like, barely a Deep Space Nine episode. Right. And, like, and, and Deep Space Nine was nuanced and subtle, and it played with power struggles, and it was about a bunch of people stood around talking to each other for most of the show. Yeah. Like, that's what this book is. Uh-huh. Except, like, sometimes Black Panther will turn into a freaking mech, and, like, and then he doesn't do, and then what did he do again? I don't even remember anymore. Like, that's what this book is. And it's, like, I was very much, like, I was kind of being, like, you know, come on. Like, come on. But, like, it's $5. It is a lot, and the tie-ins are a lot. Yeah, I read X-Men, as did you, and um, it's a goddamn tie-in, and it's like... Well, that is a tie-in, but that's still X-Men. It's not a new book created no. like they have. No, and we liked that X-Men tie-in. Yeah. Because that was also Rickman and Hickman, and it sets things up. This one, yeah. actually, the the X-Men tie-in sets up less, and is more of like an obvious tie-in, and for me, I say like... Why did Hickman agree to do that? I that I don't understand. He already had the tie-in, right? I, like you don't need now, this. That said, they did remind me that I was like, oh yeah, because we were just talking about this the other day with Ben and Ethan that yes. like the Summers house is, is on, on the moon. moon, and it's like, wait they a must minute, have noticed something there. So like, I do appreciate the acknowledgement there because the other book doesn't do that. Nope. But I don't. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. Like this must be like. Forging ahead in some degree for Hickman for X Men. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 like you know, but as far as Empire number three, it's a pass. Don't worry about it. You don't need to buy this. Uh, you know, and and honestly, I would skip any and all of the tie-ins if you were inclined, because like they don't they don't really matter, and they're just gonna move on. I picked up Fantastic Four number twenty one from like last week. Yeah, because it suggested that we were going to get like the old fantastic four yeah they show up in the last page so like like that doesn't that come on that being said it's fun and i was really worried because slot seems really inspired slash influenced by his negative criticism to like weave it in and the dude loves spider-man and i can imagine if i wrote 300 or 200 issues of spider-man in a row every day being told that i'm bad at it I would have a resentment for the character. Sure. And I was really worried because of how important and intrinsic Spider-Man's relationship with the Fantastic Four is that he'd be like, okay, I'm writing Fantastic Four. I'm going to shit on Spider-Man. Like, I was really expecting him to do that, particularly because a lot of his stories kind of did towards the end. Right, right. Uh, But he doesn't. We have to use this knowledge and, like, somehow craft negative things like tweets at him that will lead him down the path of good right right i don't know how that that never works it never works you can't you can't neg someone into being a good writer no 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 we can't we'll work on it but uh but i I do like the issue was well written the characters were 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 fun and of course like just a just a halfway like did it have anything to do with empire Eh. right like but also hey it was fun also hey wolverine doing something with the marvel universe what like that was fun and seeing him interact with Spider-Man sure. and having him not be like, I'm a flower-worshipping Krakoan now, Spider-Man. We, I'm, I'm too good for our team. Like, nope, that doesn't happen. So like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, anything that says Empire on it, you can pretty much skip. Okay. You can pretty much skip the entire series, I'll bet. Oh, so wait, are we going to talk about X-Men? 
Yeah, we're going to talk about X-Men, okay, but cool. I wanted to read the Super Chats before we Oh, sure, sure. I said, because you're going to you say we're going to skip them. No, no, no. I'm skipping the tie-ins. But, like, X-Men is a book. It happened to be forced to become a tie-in for no reason. I read a tie-in. Oh. Which one? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, Grayson Red says, crap, I'm late. Don't worry about it, man. You're, you know, it's all recorded, so you can always scroll back. Yeah. Uh, the Amazing Amazos is so glad I was able to catch the stream. Can I give a shout out to the current Suicide Squad book, Mixing Things Up and Wonder Woman 759, both a great art and an interesting story. Cool. Yeah, I've heard great things. Tom Taylor's doing Suicide Squad. So uh -huh. like, yeah, uh, he, I, I understand he invented a new character and he's doing a good job. Oh. Um, so yeah, I don't blame him there. Like, I, I think that if you're going to like try out anything, you could you could go you, you can't go wrong with getting a Tom Taylor book. Yeah. Uh, also, he says I am glad Empire dropped a bunch of tie-ins for my wallet's sake. This is another thing. Yeah, Empire had like this big ambitious release schedule with all these books, and then yeah. they were like, ah, cut up, cut them in half. Right. And I'm like, thank you. Like that's actually really responsible. Um, but I'm kind of upset that they don't seem to be doing the union. Kind of looking forward to some British heroes as a Brit myself. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't get that, man. Um hopefully maybe they'll be like maybe that's too strong an idea for a tie-in we'll like force it over here that would be better right right especially if they are maybe i don't know, I don't know maybe they were like already projecting sales not doing oh well. yeah they were like okay let's well, let's hold off on that r.i.p ghost rider yeah i know so a lot of people are like i'm like i'm shocked or i you know whatever and i'm you like, were never shocked i'm not shocked i'm not surprised by that i don't think the like rallying call behind a ghostwriter story was there right now nope. i don't agree with them not pushing it to digital um to at least finish it out because it's like they they solved like they did this one part and then they didn't even deal with lilith which was the whole thing they wanted to do yeah so, like, that sucks, but, like, it did spin its wheels a, a few too often for me yeah. to be surprised at its cancellation. Right, right, right. That's fair. I do know what tie-in you read now. <laughs> uh, so, X-Men number 10 came out. This was, of course, Hickman and uh, Lineal Yu. Uh, it basically focuses on Vulcan, the third Summer's brother. Yeah. Basically, uh, you know, when he before he, you know, before he got back here... Uh, he was manipulated and, and, and experimented on and they in like a metaphysical, metaphorical, but still it actually physically happened kind of way where they like rip him apart. They take him apart in his basic elements and find he, out that like he has something within he him. He was eaten by like a... Like, it looks like the Kree Supreme Intelligence, but it's not. It's it, like a big bug monster. It looked to me like a combination of like a, you know, Lovecraftian version of the Violator Clown. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, in Marvel terms, it looks like Mojo meets the Kree Supreme Intelligence. Okay, there you but go. yeah, he does look like the Violator Clown. But uh, yeah, so this like crazy race of aliens, they take him apart. They find out like there's a fire that burns within him. Uh, and so essentially what they find out at the end of the issue is that like they made it into like a time bomb. Yeah, they like they like they like packed it away, and they're like, "Now nah, you're totally cool, and you're a good person." But like, but one really, day, you're broken. But one day, this is not gonna hold up. It's just another Hickman like lampshade, like. Hey, here's something that's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Don't forget this. Don't say I didn't earn it when that happens in like a two-page splash in my big event, because I definitely dedicated a whole issue to it. Yeah, because that's that's what it is. Yeah, it, it's it, that's what happens. Uh, Vulcan gets left behind by a Summers family retreat, 
uh, by accident, he sleeps. He sleeps in. Essentially, they're they're like, oh, you don't want to go. They home alone him. They do, and they're like, and, and he's like, you don't even. I don't even want to go. Like, you probably don't even want to go to to the Shi'ar space. That, that is not like they do say that, but they're more like, hey man, like we got to talk about this. You not doing anything kind of thing. Like <laughs> yes. you gotta get us. To be fair, they're like trip to the beach yeah. isn't just like the Summers family because Wolverine's there too. Wolverine's part of the family. Un- Uncle Wolverine's always there. He's always there. He's no, always no, no. There. He is. He's part of the family. I know. It's just, yeah, he has a room. But, I, yeah, we've gone over the, connections. the thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, the, the three main characters in this book are Vulcan, Petra, and Sway. Uh, two other mutants that I have almost no context for. I just, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that kind of X-Men fan. Uh, but the two of them essentially like drink the whole issue they and make, make fun of him. And they want to have a party because they're like, oh, the summer's home is empty. We right, let's use their party. house. And I'm yeah. like, can't you just plant a house and make it big and awesome and yeah, hang out there? Yeah, but that's not fun. That's not fun. Right. No, that's, I'm sorry. That's not That's not a, like, you know, hijinks level party. That's true. So uh, Vulcan goes and he, and he finds the, like... He finds an outpost. Like, they've taken over, like, there's, like, the main part of, like, what the kawadi are doing but yes. then there's like a little outpost that he like stumbles upon mm-hmm. or knows is there yes yes uh and then he essentially wrecks it like that's he does but he also like he p- makes a good point to them he's just like you know you're i see what you're doing here you're gonna attack earth but you're trying really hard not to hit krakoa because yeah. it's like they don't want to hit that bee's nest which is fair uh right? and an interesting i like that observation i like that observation because i think it, it calls into question its reasoning for that like their reasoning for that is it because of the, like, amount of, like, Omega-level mutants and just mutants in general that are on Krakoa? Or is it because the Kawadi are, like, kind of afraid of what Krakoa is? Yeah, or might do to them. Right. So I'm like, that's kind of neat. And then, like, he also is just like, I get, like, your beef with humans. Because, mm-hmm. like, trust me when I say I, I understand. Yeah. Um, But, like, if you're doing this and you're destroying them, what will that make you afterwards? Right, exactly. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, he's trying to, like, appeal to them on a moral high ground. But, but they don't care. No. And they're like, you're meat anyway. So they put, a, like, a plant in his face that, it's a, like, it's supposed apart. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be, like, truth serum, basically. Yes. You know, it's supposed to be like, if, you, if you're not telling the truth, like, you know, we'll find out. What's yeah. up? So essentially it gets to the core of what the aliens put him in the first place, and it makes him, like, nuke, and he destroys the outpost. Right, which they immediately were like, oh, he did that. And it's like, well, te- technically you did that. <laughs> exactly. He didn't He didn't mean to do that. Technically you made that happen. He didn't even, like, say don't do it, because he didn't know it was yeah. going to happen. Uh, but then he's met by uh, by Petra and so forth. Which, by the way, they know, like... That he was there and going there. Because, like, he attacks, or, like, gets attacked and kind of fights back for a yeah. second before they, they do get him. And the two of them are sitting there, and they're like, oh, should we go help? They're like, nah. Nah, maybe. And, right? Let me finish my drink first. And then, like, it nukes, and they're like, nah, we should definitely not go over there. But then they go anyway, and they're, they're like, like, hey, what's up? And they retrieve, make fun of him a little bit more, and then they take him home. That's, that's, that's the whole issue. Yeah. Which, uh... But now, also, like, the Kawadi are, are aware of the word Krakoa. Yes, that's the one thing they took away from, like, the black box of the explosion of that. Yeah. Um, it was a person. Yeah. It was a, a Kawadi. Yeah. Sorry, um, to call them that is incorrect because they're not meat. No, that's right, that's right. Uh, if you could skip any X-Men book in this run, this is the one to skip. Who I, cares? Yeah, and honestly, like, the art was fine. Well, it's it's Lineal U, so it's like, if you don't like Lineal U, you're not gonna like this one. Yeah, and it, it wasn't given much to do in It this wasn't issue. much to do, it was just, it was fine. Yeah, you could have given it to, if you have, like, a, an X-Men artist that, like, you know, is a, is a pickup or a fill-in yeah. and want to give you, like, a day off... This was the time to do it. Yeah. Totally skippable. All you need to know is 
Vulcan can explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. Uh, you you did a tie-in. Let's talk about that tie-in. I read Empire Savage Avengers. Yay. Written by Jerry Duggan with art by Greg Smallwood. Now you're kind of big on Der- Jerry Duggan lately. I am. I will say this issue is just chewing the scenery. Is it? Is that good? It is and it isn't. I mean, like, literally, it's a team-up between Conan and Venom. Right, which I mean, is which like... they've teamed up before in this book, but it's like, you know... Yeah, but, like, was it even Venom? Like, it was kind of weird. This is literally dealing just, like, Conan's in Mexico, uh, and he's dealing with, like, the attack of the Kawadi, because the Kawadi basically are like, hey, we have to join the fight in Wakanda, mm-hmm. um, but before we do that, we need, like, fuel so we need fertilizer so we need to go and like like you know freaking get people and turn them into fertilizer right (laughs) sound like a movie yeah it does (laughs) because they certainly show up and then like like tendrils come out and like pick people up pull them into their oh no into the big tree yeah i'm like yeah there's no tom cruise to run around though unfortunately that's fine we have venom and conan for that well conan's not running around conan's basically at a wrestling match i was like conan's doing a lot right now conan's also he's everywhere (laughs) well conan's everywhere and like the stuff in the past like in like in his time period i'm fine with that could be happening at any point exactly but conan's also simultaneously working on the whole serpent crown thing is he really is that still happening whatever yeah it is no regardless so conan's there and like basically he's like enjoying a wrestling match and the food and he's just like he's enjoying it as much as he's like when will they be actually begin to fight right. and he gets <laughs> like, into no, a, it's all he bad. gets into a fight in the stands and then the trees attack and he like saves somebody and then like he starts killing like kawadi he also mentions that like when the trees attack he sees the two wrestlers like look up at it yeah and he's just like he talks about seeing this look in a man's eyes when they know they're going to die right he's like i've seen it many times before right yeah and like when he talks about the kawadi like he says like i know they're not men but like they have the same look right and so like he kills a bunch of them and then one of them hits him with an arrow and it like pumps like a hallucinogen into his body okay and so like he wakes up and it's like snowy and there's a giant woman there who's going to eat him and then like venom pulls him out of it basically okay cool and it's like hey hey man you remember me there we teamed up you remember all that <laughs> like we gotta we gotta work together here okay and then like venom gives him what looks like a like like parking meter that he's been brandishing as a cudgel. Yes. And he's like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. They, they and do, then they do they that. They do this. And like Conan sees a, like a farmer is like fighting back and he has his like farming equipment uh-huh. that's like ripping up the kawaii. <laughs> and then like one of them gets to him and like kills him. Mm-hmm. And like Conan's like, I'll avenge you. And like he kills the guy. And then he's like, hey, before you die, how do I drive this? Right. How do I make this work? And so then Conan like goes after them and, and Venom rigs like a like a tanker truck to explode and like they kill the ship basically. Cool. And that's it, and then they have tacos. Uh-huh. Um, because like Conan saved the taco guy. Right. What's fun about this, again, like this was a five dollar book, and I definitely <laughs> did not get five dollars worth of story. No. I didn't at all. Greg Smallwood, at first I was like, what's going on with the art? What I yeah. dig about it is that it has like an old printed on newsprint feel Mm -hmm. and so like that somehow matches the campiness of like moments in this right the coloring is also like off the wall yeah 
like intense like they're they're just using like a lot of like magenta and like chartreuse and like just these really bright in your face colors yeah it's conan in a way i i haven't seen him depicted in other books in terms of art style and coloring choices yeah um yeah this I'm, is very weird this I, is very toned i am not saying i recommend this because again it was five dollars and it honestly wasn't that long you know but, what i mean yeah it's probably 20 pages it was technically 30 but it's Ooh. an action book right and one of the pages is like just is, is, is a is, is yeah, text. yeah i will yeah. say uh again listen if you are ever looking to save money on books but you still want to stay in the loop like Comic shops overbuy on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like they need to unload their inventory after the fact. You will get it for at least half off. Yeah. If no. you wait a month or a couple of weeks. For sure. And like this doesn't really do anything except talk Team up Venom and Conan. Yeah, that's really what it does. Like I said, like if you if you like that style of art, again, like it really kind of grew on me. And I'm not saying like I want um Greg Smallwood like for like a Conan book, but yeah, like or a Venom book for that matter. For a Venom, yeah, exactly. Like, but I, this really worked, and like I could definitely see this art style applied elsewhere and in, in a cool way. Like, this could definitely be like almost like a Doctor Strange sort of yeah. like nod to Ditko in terms of the way it's colored, right? The coloring, especially, yeah. So I yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's, uh, but I read it because I mentioned it. I went back last week. I was like, what three books did I say I wanted to read? And I was like, oh, uh, I said it. <laughs> I said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me read some super chats here because Dan V 900 says, I loved Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. I've been recommending that the last two issues like Tiffany. You don't need to start from the beginning and it's great and it's grim. No, you don't. But like, And I think it's enough to get people to go back if they want to. But I think right. it really is an excellent... like. Um, showing of what Spurrier is doing with the character. Right. Uh, Kevbot1995, can't stay to hang, but I will. So I will hear this on my roots for tomorrow, for work tomorrow. Hello. I'm a meter Good morning. And I walk about 15, 18 miles a day. I really appreciate what you guys do uh, for the comics community. Here, you guys, uh, on the daily. Uh, much love. Thank you, Kevbot. That's so sweet, and good luck with that. On like, That's a lot yeah. of walking. Yeah, and hopefully you're not on the East Coast, because it's going to rain like crazy tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be rough if but, you are uh, around here. Be safe. Yeah, Especially be safe. tonight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you got to do. If you don't have it already, you got to get one of those step counters and be like, I got to know. Like, I would not want to know. But, if uh, they already know that they're going 15 18 miles in it. That's like, true. If you day. know how long you're doing it, then you have a step count. That's but crazy. Thank you, Kev. That's really healthy, though. No, it's true. Yeah. I almost envy you. I, not really, though, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kev. Uh, really appreciate it. And enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, the route. Yeah. Hi. Hey. We're with you. Yeah, we're... Oh, God. <laughs> Only a couple more miles to go. Exactly. Let's look at that meter. Right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, those are all the books I read. No, they aren't. <laughs> You didn't read the other one? What one? The Harley Quinn Black, White, and Red? No, I didn't read it. I told you that. I know. I didn't have time. Oh, okay. I read it. I do other things, you know. Legit don't know why I actually picked it up. Like, I was, I, I think I was just at the point where I was like, there was so little coming out this week. I was like, okay, this is a good time for me to grab something I haven't been reading. Yes. So I grabbed Harley Quinn Black and White and Red. Now, that being said, and this is why this is the cover and everything, like, this is is this set in the Murphy verse? It is. It is because this series, this Harley Quinn series that has been going on, these digital exclusive or digital first books, um, these ninety nine cent books, yes, are um, each story is by a totally different team, right? And they don't connect. I don't believe. Mm. So this one, or at least this one in particular, doesn't. When I look back at the other story, like the teams and kind of what was going on in them, I didn't 
necessarily see that there was a connection there. Right. So the story is by Sean, Sean Gordon Murphy with Katana Collins, and then Katana Collins does the script, and the art's by Matteo Scalera. Matteo Scalera is the reason I clicked on the book at all. Right. Because the cover. Yep. Because the cover. Damn. Yeah. Um, I love Scalera's take on the, like, black and white and red, and red motif. like yeah like I just love it because he utilizes like very much a monochromatic palette for most of it like the current time period is done in a lot of grayscales with hints of red because it's valentine's day yep. then we get all these flashbacks and it's all done in red oh. mono monochrome and it's just spectacularly done so well rendered it is a treat and it's 99 cents so like i can't tell you how much i recommend this the story is is harley is at home with her with her kids and it's Valentine's Day, and they're, like, making Valentine's for Batman. Okay. And they're like, you should make one, too. And so she writes to him and basically, like, says that, like, you know, like, happy, like, you know, single awareness day. Uh-huh. And, like, talks about how, like, you know, I can't believe that, like, you, like, one of my foes, like, ended up being one of my best friends. But I guess I should have known that from the first time you ever arrested me. Oh. And so we get a flashback where, like, there's a heist going on at a museum because they have a thing called the Clown Diamond. So naturally the Joker wants it and Harley wanted it and he's going to give it to her. As like, he's like, oh, we'll make it a jewelry. Like, you know, like, you know, a necklace or earrings or a ring. And she's like, <gasps> and he's like, not that kind of ring. <laughs> Um, but anyway, but like, he's threatening a security guard and is like, you know, Hey, give me the key to get into the case. And he's like, I don't have it. Only like the top security guy has it. And he's not here. I, yeah. I literally can't get you in. And like, clearly the Joker's getting agitated and is going to do something rash. And like, Harley's like, Hey, like, why don't we just steal some of the paintings instead? Oh. Like kind of deescalating the situation. Yes. Batman and Robin show up. I love the image of them. So good. Up top. It's just Again, we're dealing with one color here and, like, values of it. And, like, it's just, like, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to get that much out of it. And here it is. Yeah. Um, Joker obviously sees that they're here um, and requests his gun. Harley has, like, a duffel bag just filled with crap. And, like, she's just trying to find it. Like, any person is when you have a bag. Like, yep. <laughs> the thing you want is inevitably at the bottom because that's just how it works. Yeah. I love this sw them swinging oh. into action. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this panel. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one, please. Yes. <laughs> one of these for me, please. I'll just put that on the wall someplace. Just, yep. just a super classic looking image of Batman and Robin. Swinging in action. Yeah, yeah, swinging in action in colors that don't typically suit Batman. Nope. But totally works. Um... So she pulls out the gun, gives it to him. It's got the bang flag. He's like, not that gun, the real gun. <laughs> and uh, a fight breaks out. You know, like Batman fights against Joker. Robin pairs off against Harley. Then she jumps on the Batman's back to like try to stop him from, you know, you know getting the Joker. Yep. And then like he does a bit where he like puts glasses on. He's like, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. And Batman <laughs> just takes them off and then punches him in the face. Yes. I've, I it's, saw that page on uh, online. Right. It's it's comical and like a little over the top, but like it's fine. It's also a Harley memory, yep. you know. It's also a 89 Batman reference. Yeah. But uh, in, in a more, I think in a better execution. <laughs> Um, and then the cops show up and they're both arrested. And, like, essentially, like, Batman's talking to Harley and, like, how he's like, you know, you, like, could get out, like, with good behavior in, like, a week. Right. Like, with bail. And she's like, why? And, like, essentially he's like, because you de-escalated the situations. You know, you, like, saved that guard's life. You made sure no hostages got hurt. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, I tied up, like, the hostages and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 no. You specifically 
made sure he didn't hurt the guard, and then you didn't give him his gun. And I right. know you did that on purpose. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a really, it's like a really interesting like interpretation of that dynamic where like she's not like this Harley is not there to escalate the Joker, but right. it's actually there to de-escalate the Joker. Yes, um, which is which is actually in keeping with that character when it's depicted in White right. Knight. They also have a moment where he's like, he's like, hey. You're like the only one who ever hears me coming up behind you. How? <laughs> right. And she's like, your tights squeak when you walk. He's like, they're not tights. No, uh, they're not tights. They're not tights. Mm-hmm. And then she laughs about it, right? And she's like, ha sure they're not. But basically, he's just like, you know, like, you, like, are the one who, like, gets Jack's condition. And, like, you're, like, because you're, you're a doctor. And I know you're super intelligent. And, like, you're right. You, years ago, you told me that Jack was better with you by his side. But I think you're better without him. But, like, I get it. Like, you mm-hmm. are helping to, like, keep people safe. Right. And I was like, that's right. It's cute. It's really, like, it's an adorable, like, you know, little, like, look into the relationship of, like, Harley with Joker, Harley with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically, like, signs the letter talking about how, like, you know, like, there's only two men in this world I ever love and, like, who saw through my facade and, like, you know, mm-hmm. one's gone and, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then, um... I think Montoya and Leslie Leslie come over for like dinner. And then like, she's like, Oh, hang on. I'm going to go mail these. So she goes and drops the kids mail like into the box. And like Batman's is, um, in for, for Stonegate. Yeah. And she doesn't mail it. She just puts it in her pocket. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, it's just really, it's a really well done short story. I got more out of this 99 cent issue than I did out of the $5 Savage Avengers issue. Yep. Um, oh yeah the the final image here is stunning like again something else that, like i would easily put this up on my wall yeah. um i have we've definitely looked at sclera's work before yeah um we've talked about it. we definitely mentioned that name but like i didn't know how much i wanted more works by him yes. before like it's just so good mm-hmm. um you know, like I said, like it's a little, it's a little more tongue in cheek. It's a little humorous. I know there are humorous notes in White Knight. Yes, but like this is kind of setting up where Harley's story is going to go when they launch that. Yeah. So it was just like a little prelude, essentially. Nice. Um, and again, for a dollar, just a single dollar, you could have this right now. Right. Uh, so there you go. Cool. Um, yeah. Like, well, then it, I'm disappointed. That I didn't was read it. that was like one of the best books I read this week, <laughs> and like honestly, DC won out the week for me yeah. easily because I read Hellblazer and Plunge and this. Yep. So like DC nailed it this week for me. Yeah. 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 Um. Dan Wesley says finally getting back to work starting tomorrow, so I want to say thank you guys for helping me keep sane. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the rat race, Dan. Thanks very much for hanging <laughs> out with us and. Uh, Hopefully we didn't lose you. Hopefully we'll find we found a, a good a good balance for you, man. Yeah. Uh, Somnus says, um, "Have either of you checked out the Sandman audio drama? I love it. Makes me want a lot of my favorites done in the audio format." <laughs> He's just gonna push it to me. Um, I've heard the tr- the commercial. I've heard the commercial for it. Um, and I heard I heard Game and Talk. Here's the thing. I don't want to, like, I, I'm going to give you my opinion, but, like, it's just my opinion. Yeah. Like, I am happy that people are enjoying it, and I'm I'm happy that people are jumping in on it because folk won't read it, you know what I mean? If, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm glad the story's getting out there. Yeah. That said, um, I don't know how I feel about voices that I already know playing characters that either I already had a voice for in my head or... That couldn't have a human voice whatsoever. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like that I struggle with and it, it, it's just, it's not for me. I mean, yeah. we say that a lot, but like, I understand that this audio drama is for folk and I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad people like it. Yeah. I'm glad you do like it. Hopefully I, it gets you to read the book. Yeah, read the book. Um, But like, James McAvoy is not, Morpheus. It's not doing it for me. Like there, I, I, I think the guy's an incredible actor, and I and I think that he probably has a passion for this, and like really enjoyed doing it. And I got to tell you, like I just I don't like Gaiman's narration voice either. Yes. Um, but that's just a personal preference, and so like I, it's gonna end up probably being a pass for me. Yeah. Um, but I like the story, and I've read it, so. Right, That's, so you know, you know, you, you love Sandman anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So it would be like if people were like, "When? Why don't you want a Pixar Calvin and Hobbes?" It's like, I don't want to know what someone else thinks Hobbes sounds like. No, it's it's true. It's true. It's just like when um they made there's a video game I I many of you know I'm obsessed with called Silent Hill Two, and they did an HD version of it. Like yep. they took it, they like tried to clean it up, regardless of how that got messed up. They also redid all the voices. Yes, and it was like. Listen, what I understand that some folk think that the old voice acting is horrible, but like if that's what you're used to and that's what you love and that and, like, you like some of the intent behind it, it's like, why? Well, why didn't you just go make another game? Yeah, yeah, You're going to yeah, do yeah. that much. So it, I, I, it's just, it's not for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Dowling, sub great people, recently brought uh, bought trades, X-Men, Dark Phoenix Saga, and Extinction Agenda. I know you're uh, enjoying Hickman's run, but when it comes to X-Men, to me, nothing beats the Claremont era. I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Uh, Claremont's run is, you know, second to none. Uh, I'm just enjoying Hickman's era. I'm, I have never said it's better than Claremont or Byrne or anybody's run. Uh, I personally had more fun reading Astonishing X-Men than I do Hickman's run. Oh. Like, I like yeah. Astonishing X-Men more. I just respect what Hickman's doing. I'm like... I'm just impressed by the scope and the magnitude and the, the, the coordination and the effort and the effort. Yeah. You know, Whedon telling a story about like a bunch of characters who are misfits all working together is nothing new. And it's like, Oh, it's a tried and true thing that sells. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just genetically predisposed to digging that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm impressed by Hickman's effort, but no, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't blame you. Um, the Amazing Amazo, these digital first books have been amazing. If you want a good one-shot about a favorite character for a reasonable price, uh, 79 pence for me, they are perfect. Nice. Nice. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Uh, St. Lucia says, which Harley do you like more, White Knight or Canon? White Knight. I don't consider comic book Harley to be canon because I don't want Harley in the universe. Like, for me, Harley Quinn is a cartoon character. That exists in the animated series. Mm. When it, and I like I'm old enough where I remember when they put her in the comics. Okay. Like I remember her appearing in the comics for the first time, and I'm like, this don't work. Like my Joker doesn't have a sidekick, and if he does, he's using her, and she'll die last. I I like them both because of where she has come and yeah. i think that she's an example of character growth from like the start of a character to where they've gone in a shorter amount of time than like the many decades that some of these characters have had and yeah. haven't changed all that much right right so like i respect her there i do like the white knight version of her because it's just a different incarnation totally but i also like the harleen version as well you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just she's an interesting character and i i think she does belong in the dc universe mm -hmm. Um, I just think that she's found a better place now. Yes. For sure. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, well, when she was first introduced and up until about like maybe a couple of years ago, 
she was floundering. Mm. And I love Amanda Connor's depiction of Harley, but I don't like the book. Mm. So like, I, there's a lot of stuff that I do like. And, and honestly, I feel like Murphy nailed it with, when it came to the book, but mostly because he's like, I want to turn her into something else. And I, and, and the whole book white Knight and that Murphy verse is a hodgepodge of everything he likes about Batman, mm-hmm. as opposed to it being like a chapter in the ongoing and never ending saga of Batman. You know, it's, it's over there and it's its own thing that is a distillation of everything. Right. So it's like, yeah, of course you're going to use Harley. Just like you're, of course you're going to use Renee Montoya and of course you're going to use Bullock and you can use all these other characters. Like you can kill Alfred or Gordon and it won't, it won't cause a problem. Right. right, right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the one I, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Brian Rollins can't watch it live because of work, but can't oh. wait to catch it out later or check it out later. I thought Secret Empire Captain America was fun and a classic cap. I didn't read it. I don't read any of those. Uh, I couldn't be bothered. After after I read Empire 3 and I was like, no more. And I just, I saw Captain America sitting there and I'm like, I don't care what you're doing, Cap. Mm-hmm. I appreciate though. I want to see it, but I'm not going to bother. Right. Um, Duckade. Duckade says, hey guys, love the show. Thanks a lot, Duckade. I uh, picked up the first volume of Tomasi's Batman and Robin at my recommendation and was so hooked. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you dug it, man. Yeah, uh, Tomasi knows that that pairing and Tomasi's Damien's the only one I'll stomach. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you dug it, man. Uh, and I think we are caught up. Nice. So uh, let's get into some recommendations for books that are coming out we- this week. Unless you have any more books. No, I don't. All right, cool. Then we'll recommend some titles Go for it. Uh, that are coming out. First? Sure. I mean, Batman 96 is coming out. Joker War Part 2, which is really more like Part 9 because they've been hinting at it and referring to it and doing other stuff with that. But Batman 96 is coming out. I'm going to check that out. Obviously, if you were intrigued in any way by my Fantastic 421 reference, 22 comes out. Uh, again, I'll probably pick it up, but I, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Empire four comes out, but I'm not going to waste my time. Uh, but most importantly, deceased dead planet. Number two is coming out. There you go. So DC's dead planet, the sequel, the official formal, real actual sequel to deceased is coming out. And, uh, so I can't wait for that. Um, I'm not necessarily interested, but I am intrigued by uh phantom x is getting a book giant size x-men phantom x this should be the book that'll explain where xavier came from Ah, so that's kind of neat uh also it's hickman and ivan rice i think is doing the the art so like holy crap Mm -hmm. um and i guess you know i'll leave it to you because i think there's an x-men tie-in that was that is the only empire book that i'll read now well you're going to be disappointed because it's written by different people with art by someone else. Well, then I'm not reading it. So was the next one after that. Oh, my God. And will come back to Hickman. Yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, but it is written by Jerry Duggan, Empire X-Men number two. Not to be confused with X-Men number 10 Empire tie-in. Yes. This is Empire colon X-Men number two. It's going to be written by Jerry Duggan and Benjamin Percy and Leah William with art by Lucas Warnick. Or no, yeah, with art by Lucas Warnick, uh, Lucas Warnick, and I'm not super excited for it. Honestly, I'm still going to read it because clearly Hickman set down what the story is going to be. Yep. And my understanding is Hickman will come back by at least issue four. Which is the last one, I think? Yeah. So, okay. So, if you're expecting what you got with issue one... You probably won't. You're not going to get that here. That said, Strange Adventures number four... Strange Adventures number four is coming out, so... No picking that up. <laughs> Doctor Strange number six is coming out as well. Um, Sandman fans out there, 
um, who are yelling at me that I am wrong about the audio drama, but it's just my taste. <laughs> are they and, really? Uh, no, I think people are just like... I didn't see anybody no, in New York. No, no, no. I think just some folk are just like, yeah, but it's still well-received. I get it's well-received. I'm just not going to listen to it. That's right. okay. There's, I've got 12 other options I can do for this because I can read the book or I can listen to the audiobook or I can wait till the live show comes out because they're just going to beat this horse into the ground. Yeah. Anyway, um, The Dreaming is coming back with a G. Willow Wilson book called The Dreaming Waking Hours. Okay. I don't, I'm not saying I'm picking it up, but I just wanted you to be aware that that's there if you are looking for more since The Dreaming has ended. Right. So that's there. Um, what, what did I just do here? Okay, no, we're good. We're fine. Um, and I'm sure you're going to recommend this, but I'm going to take it from you because you always do it to me. Um, mm -hmm. Alien, the original screenplay, number one yeah. from Dark Horse. I can't believe, I thought it was canceled and I, I will see if it comes out. It's coming out this week. Yeah, I hope it does. Because it was on the list of like all the books that were chopped. Yeah, I like that Walt Simonson's got a variant cover for this. Which I need to pick up. Yeah. For sure. I, I wonder if, I wonder how many issues well, this was going to be. I like that because if you know anything about Walt Simonson, he did some of the the comic work. He did the original adaptation. Yeah, and so like we've got like a big, amazing, oversized book of his work, also signed by him. Yeah. Um, so like that's a nice little nod. That's uh, true to him, which is very nice. Um, so if you're an Alien fan, this might be something you want to have for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also uh, leafing through here and I found Avengers The Wastelands number four. I have no idea what this <laughs> is, but like Norman Osborn I'm versus sorry, the Avengers, it's is... ridiculous. Yeah, it, it looks like he's juggling them. Yep, but to eat them? Yeah. So I, I don't know, but it looks insane. I don't know anything about this book. I heard nothing about it. So I'm like, I'm kind of intrigued to check right, it out. Right, right. And uh, there is a free, uh, of course, it's free comic book year, month, whatever. Yes. Uh, free comic book day 2020. There's a tick. Uh, free comic book day issue coming There's out. There's a couple of other ones too. So like if you are able to go to your local comic book store or even if you're doing curbside pickup, you could when you if you call them up, you could ask what they have because they're getting things I think each month each or each week. week I'm, not, I'm yeah. not sure how it's working because most of these are already printed, if not all of them are already printed and their orders were already put in, so yes. they're getting them. So you can still get a hold of these things um just I would just either look up what's coming out each week or give them a call and get them pulled for yourselves as well. Yeah. I'm, I don't even know if you heard me on that one. Uh, trying to project. Uh, Kenneth Dowling says, who's your favorite Spider-Man writer? Mine may be Tom DeFalco, since most of my favorite Spider-Man issues were written by him. Roger Stern wrote some good ones in Creative the Hobgoblin. I agree. I like uh, Roger Stern. Uh, Tom DeFalco is hit or miss for me sometimes. Um, but uh, I like Demetrius. Uh, I like Bendis, mm. uh, surprisingly enough. Um, and uh, I love Straczynski as well. So those are my top three. Um, Metziner says, first time catching you guys live and just showing some love. Thank you very Hi. much. I hope I said your name correctly and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. I saw that there's someone in the chat who's actually here because you did a live stream with, with Toy, Toy Galaxy. Galaxy. Oh, thanks a That's lot. Really cool. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, Storm King, do you think this new direction for the X-Men will make it to the big screen since Kevin Feige's chief content officer? Hope you guys are well. Yeah, uh, I don't think so, but I think we'll have allusions, references to it. Like, y you know, they don't, the MCU doesn't really do the deep dives, like, as a, as a, like, kind of Chekhov's gun kind of thing. It's more like they'll reference it because it's a thing. Like, I can imagine someone will have, like, a plant named Krakoa. But I don't think it's going to be like a big thing. I I was can you imagine though? Oh, like that's how they introduce the X Men. That's how they introduce the X Men. They're just like all of a sudden there's a blip, 
and there's like just a new landmass. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell is this? That would be nuts. I think And then that's... Xavier just sends him a message out and it's like, hey. We're we're in charge. We're your gods now. We're, we're back. You didn't know we were gone. Right, but we're back. But now. we're back. That would be really cool. <laughs> I, I would read that. Or I would I would I would watch I would watch the shit out of that. I'd be like I'd be like, what? My reaction to that in the theaters would be similar to the reaction at the end of Far From Home, where I yelled like a person, like you like did. a crazy person. It was cute. It was adorable, and I had a great time. I, I, I had such a weird experience with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, that's it. We want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're very lucky to have you. If you want us to have, if you want more, subscribe to the channel. Click the bell for notifications. We have lots of different videos that come out every week. And if you want to watch play, play, uh, play video games, you can watch Tiffany on Twitch.tv slash ComicPopTV. At least go over there and hit it a follow so you get a notification for when she goes live, which is Tuesdays and Sundays you are playing. We legit might do another day. I am so... I'm so into this game that I wasn't going to play. Yeah. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. Um, was so not going to play this. It's open world. It's difficult combat. It's just such a beautiful game. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I love I love this game so far. I've literally had one play session. It's just going to get harder. Than our, yeah, like, we should add like another day. That'd be cool. I should do another day. I might. I seriously can't. I can't. I, I was like, last night I was like. Want to play some more. Want to play more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. And of course, uh, again, if you want to help us out, the best way to do so is to subscribe and like the video and be here and watch all of it if you can. Uh, otherwise, if you want to catch this audio, you can catch it on every place you can find podcasts. We're under the Elseworlds Exchange because it's another show that we do live here. Uh, it costs like $100 to like to, to host two different shows, so we just lump it in with one. So if, you're, if you've been sleeping on Elseworlds, this is the show over there too. So right. we get two uploads per week of elseworlds exchange you get a full show and uh, and and this speaking of elseworlds exchange big pre-recorded episode coming out tomorrow uh you must check it out uh if you like seeing your favorite creators talk to each other for two hours it's a lot of fun that's actually a really good plan too considering the weather we're going to be having yeah i don't want to rely on the internet for that Uh, but i'll be relying on it tomorrow yes it's gonna be be great by the way there's a super chat oh is oh i'm sorry radical radish saying just wanted to say Hi, Sal. T- there, hey, Sal and Tiff. Hey, Radical Ratchet. Haven't seen you in a while. Hi. Welcome back to the show, man. Welcome, welcome. And uh, that's it. So, thanks a lot, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time with an all new episode. And of course, again, you know, if you like this show and this show alone, we'll see you next week. If not, we'll see you tomorrow and the next day and the next day with more. That's uh, because we're watching you. Yeah. No, we're just making more videos. Oh, never mind. That's right. All right. So long, everybody. Bye. Bye.